0: referring to my cancer battle that they say is that kind of things that we don't choose so they say it's yeah. no it's a club that nobody wants to be part of and mm. uh, I had my first encounter with cancer in uh, 2016 and how uh, also they say I was exercising, I was eating organic. I was doing everything right, so to speak and even like that, oh this happens also to me. Okay, mm-hmm. how is this possible? So was, is a very, very big uh, moment in when something um, uh, like that, a diagnostic like that happens and was a very aggress- aggressive form of breast cancer.
1: Welcome to the Innovative Founder. The show where entrepreneurs get real. Real. These are the raw, the gut-wrenching, often hilarious, sometimes shocking, and definitely entertaining stories of innovative business founders who are making their beautiful dent in the world. No BS, no posturing, and no narcissists allowed. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the unscripted adventures on today's episode. Now, here's your hairless hosts, Bob Rignaris and Brandon Boyd. Hello,
2: founders. Welcome to the show. Hello. From a gray, gray, wintry Chicago. Mm. I'm looking There's a these- lovely shade of brown and ah. gray outside. Mm. I've got my hot cup of coffee to soothe me and this <laughs> fluorescent light to... Soothing. To that does not give me any vitamin D whatsoever. Right. You do
3: have a quite a glow on your shiny head there.
2: Yeah. Just, thank right. goodness that we're not broadcasting. But yeah, I, right. I got I got the shiny glow from the fluorescent lights, but it's not giving me any like sort of health benefit. No, no, it's no just no, making no. me
3: it's weary. Kind of a green cast on you. I'm looking out to a clear sunny sky in the Denver area, about 50 degrees. I'm
2: not rubbing it in, but rubbing it in a little. You know, Um, well, I hope you get dumped snow on top of you pretty soon, just just for being so smug, (laughs) smug
3: You and your Colorado smug. I can smell it from here. What's going on uh, in your life, Bob? What's what's new? Well, you know, I I spend my
2: I spend my afternoons in the gym, my evenings in the gym, not working out, but uh, coaching uh, 16 year old (laughs) boys Um, got a good group this year. Um, yeah. By the time this is published, we're probably nearing the end of the season, but uh, uh, we we're, we're playing hard. But boy, we are um, we are absolutely been ravaged this year with uh, the flu. Mm. So COVID nineteen is not a problem anymore, but the fallout from being isolated <laughs> COVID nineteen mm. is causing a spike in uh, viruses and flu, um, which is not any worse or better than COVID-19 like you're out three four days with a high fever and headaches and body aches like Mm. what's the difference between that and COVID
3: yeah yeah
2: Yeah. not much from what I hear no so reports come out no it's so we we have yet to have um I think there's been one day in, in five weeks where I've had my entire team available. Uh, I've always had somebody out. So that's been a, it's been a strange winter from that perspective. Um, You know, not even, it's not even a political commentary, but you know, there's some things that we're realizing coming out of the pandemic that we just didn't have appreciation for, but Hmm. I, I definitely see I'm experiencing it personally that people's immune systems are pretty compromised you know um and there's these really severe flus and viruses going on and i again i'm not smart enough to really comment on that other than just like this is what i'm observing it's it's been it's been pretty it's been pretty difficult um, to kind of have cohesion with your team when so yeah. many people are out so are
3: you feeling optimistic about are you seeing, are they getting better or people, are they, Are is it just kind of consistent week over week you're observing or is there?
2: Well, I got a squad of 15 guys, so yeah. we, we seem to be cycling it. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was passing it amongst yeah. each other. It's yeah. Like,
2: yeah. yeah, it's, it's your week to be sick. So, you know, we try to do things smart. We, we, you know, we like to do things as a team, you know, when you're in the locker room, it's kind of a sacred place. Typically yeah. we're huddling up, um, we like to we like to kind of hold hands in a circle and show camaraderie and, yeah. you know, Snuggle. share energy. Yeah. Um, but I've had to eliminate some of that because it's just like, geez, like how, how can we prevent um, us passing the flu back and forth? So, yeah, it does change a few things that we do. But um, the big lesson is like things move on. So, who's ever healthy has got to be ready to go. So, it's actually created a good opportunity for some guys to like step up. Um, hmm. You're like, hey, so and so's out, so and so's out. Well, it's your chance to get some playing time that maybe you didn't uh, expect to get. So, nice. You know, that's what life is, right? Life is a series of events, and you have to react to those events. Hmm. And in this case, you know, at a young age, they're learning about opportunities and dealing with difficult situations so it's mm-hmm. it's the reason you do high school sports i think
3: love it well yeah. i'm excited about the book because uh you've been doing this for 37 years i think yeah I think, um yeah i i'll be interested to see the lessons you learn and what putting that into into writing um, there
2: you go You you keep pushing the book on
3: me I know I'm I'm <laughs> getting the vibe, man. I'm like, yeah, Bob. You, we, need to, we need to we need to share some of this knowledge. Um, I've got a, something you're gonna be completely surprised about is that uh, I, I may be taking up a new hobby. Um oh, good and lord. They, and and it's and it's it's um paramotoring. So it's it's the parachute with the fan on the back. Yeah. I've been wanting to learn how to do that for like 15 years. I'm like. I got, it looks so fun. And so finally I just uh, contacted a guy here about an hour away who does trainings and such. And so I'm looking into that and, and in the spring plan on doing some training. Um, you know, I've got the cabin in Northern Wisconsin, right on Lake Superior. So I have, I've had this dream for years of flying up and down the coast in, in my little powered parachute. Um, so,
2: so if you see this guy with, uh, with, really white legs dangling over your house (laughs) hanging by a harness my god he's pasty it's brandon it's me that's
3: a very large man to fall from a very far place if he
2: so Um, so is your life goal just to basically like just harness the wind you want to yeah i'm gonna win that a little bit like you're gonna windsurf. You're going to it's parasurf, to... and and yeah, it's like it's the water, it's the elements, man. The auto, like yesterday,
3: I was out taking a hike in the mountains, and I'm talking to trees and rocks, and like there's and and it was cold, and it's like there's something about that elemental thing. I, and I appreciate my parents so much for introducing me to that at such a young age. You know, they start they built this cabin way up, very very remote, and on Lake Superior in Wisconsin. And you know, I got to be very feral, and, and 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 it was a time when we didn't have the tablets and the internet and, and the things that that um, can be useful can also be a distraction. And you know, I got to go and figure out how to occupy myself while I'm in the woods, while I'm fishing all by myself, learning how to, you know, skin and cook my own fish for dinner, and and uh take cold plunges and 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 you know all these things i got to do and a lot of times i did them by myself and and they gave me so much freedom to to go and just be really connected to the earth and nature and so i it 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 always brings me back it always gives me that there's something very core very carnal very primal very feral about those types of experiences that have to do with water and and wind and earth so so that's a that's a big yes so yeah
2: yeah so well we could go a whole podcast on that but right the uh the, the guest we have uh was just really good for us it was a great conversation um she's not native to this country um her 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 name is Anna Malikian did i say like That's she's Malikian it's yeah. Malikian you have Malikian. to pronounce you have to pronounce Can. the N. uh yeah. she's from Portugal um and we talked a little bit about uh People kind of mistake where she, she's from, but she she originates in Portugal and she's got quite a story to tell. And she's helping the world solve a, a I think a pretty big problem for entrepreneurs, which mm-hmm. is this whole idea of of the the grind and the uh the pursuit of things. And she's actually learned some very powerful personal lessons um to, to help her kind of um bring about a a mindset a mind probably I'll call it a mindset shift mm-hmm. to the entrepreneurial community and she's writing a book she she has a podcast called the mindset zone um look that up uh, after you uh, follow our podcast and she's <laughs> writing a book by the same name um you know you could find her i'll I'll spell her name later on in the episode for folks right Uh, but uh, we had a really fascinating conversation with anna i think it's going to be timely for a lot of you especially as as we're rolling into uh, a new year here and and setting goals and things like that i think it's gonna be really insightful podcast for you so um we'd love to introduce to you uh, our new friend anna Hey founders. Oh, we have Hello. a great interview today. Uh we have uh somebody in a very, very warm place. Uh yes. she's in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> Anna Malikian. Um, good to have you on the show, Anna. It's Welcome, wonderful. Anna.
0: Hi, wonderful to be here.
2: <laughs> cool. So excited to have you. Anna, we would love to know what do you, what what's exciting you right now? What either personal life or business business life? What what do you what are you really jazzed about right now?
0: Oh, so many things. Uh, and probably the main thing is that I'm in the process of writing a book. So I oh. finally decide to do that. Excellent. And it's a journey.
2: Yes, it is. Um, can you give us a little preview? What's your book going to be about?
0: Yes, I already. The, the title is Mindset Zone. Uh, that is a companion to my own podcast with the same title, Mindset Zone.
2: Ah, good. You mm. got the branding going. That's great. Like it, like it, like it. <laughs> like it. Good. So writing a book, writing a book is a very um, interesting journey. Uh, I've written five myself. <laughs> and, and the one thing I know is that it takes a lot of your brain share. So like when you're not writing, you're actually writing because you're writing in your head. Right. And, um, Brandon and I had a chance to meet with Stephen Pressfield, who talks about you know the war of art, and just the the demon of per, of resistance. Right, mm-hmm. um, when you sit down to do something great, like write a book, there's all kinds of things that get in the way of you actually doing the work. And Stephen just talks about that in all his writing. Have you experienced a little bit of that uh, that demon called resistance and getting your book written?
0: absolutely it's being um, and i'm a perfectionist by nature oh
2: and, uh, yes
0: my previous writing experience was in academia i have mm. uh, with a phd writing the dissertation that is another history by itself uh, um so uh, but without any doubt their uh, resistance is there
2: yeah mm. So, what what inspired you to write a book? So, you you have a podcast, and we'll get to dive in some of the stuff you're doing. But um, why a book at this time?
0: Uh, I I'm doing more uh, speaking, more in person speaking, and keynoting, and having a book is great both for getting the gig as well <laughs> as to have something to sell when we are on stage that uh, gives a little bit opportunity for people to go more in depth uh, in our ideas in our way of thinking so that was the main motivation of doing it now something that Mm -hmm. is being in the back of my mind for a while but that was like okay now is the time
3: love it love it love it um and i think i've noticed you have this i think it's southern texas accent Something very south.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) More west. More west. More east. 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 Which side do you decide to travel? More east from here. Tell us
3: where that's from. Tell us where you're from. I know you're from Portugal, but but tell us how you got here to the States.
0: So, like, uh, and it's funny when I'm in person uh, and people ask, where is your accent from? I sometimes like to play the game okay where do you think that is my accent from (laughs) and uh, uh, usually people know that is not russia because they are used to the russian accent speaking english but they will place me in a slavic country Mm -hmm. they will say oh somewhere Mm -hmm. and it's not i'm more of portugal we are the western country in europe uh, next to beautiful spain and we are like the size of california in the atlantic ocean there in europe and i i'm uh, I'm here in phoenix arizona since 2003 so it's going to be next summer 20 years that my home is here in phoenix Wow! Uh, but the accent is part of the package
3: (laughs) (laughs) it's lovely what brought you to phoenix
0: so the first time that i visit phoenix was in 1998 and I came to do some intensive program in a foundation that the headquarters is here in Phoenix, the Milton Erickson Foundation, mm. that maybe some people will be familiar with the work of Milton Erickson via the neurolinguistic linguistic programming. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the people that they studied to develop their methodology. And uh, my background is in psychology. I was doing psychotherapy at the time. I was doing my PhD at the time. And he was one of the big influencers and people that I was studying. So I came here to Phoenix, Arizona to study directly from the foundation for from um, the archives and the programs that they have.
2: Yeah, we don't get, we, we don't get a chance to talk to too many PhDs. So you, you're you're right. you know, we, we're, we're going to get into your entrepreneurial uh, conquest, but your your background, you said, is is in academia and study. What What's your uh, PhD
0: in? So, so psychology. Uh, I did my bachelor, masters, and PhD. Everything is in psychology, uh, and the the dissertation was in clinical psychology. Uh, brief therapies for the management of primary headaches, as migraines and tension type headaches. So, oh, wow. not what I'm doing today, but it's an interesting starting point.
2: Yeah, what got you interested in the mind? It's always, yeah. it's like, what, back. was there something, yeah. what, what got happened, you interested in that impression you
3: got? Tell us about that story.
0: Yeah, that say is always the origin story is always interesting. And uh, when I look back, uh, since my, even before my teenager years, but let's go to the teens. Uh, is that uh, we are searching for, okay, what I'm doing here, who are, who are we, and the uh, at that time, I was doing any time that I had the opportunity of self-development, I was doing through the mm. ch- church. Sometimes they had retreats, things, and the, through school, wherever there was a chance of personal development, I always gravitate towards it. Mm. Uh, and at the time was really me trying to understand myself and the, my but- place in the world. Yeah. And and I was very good in sciences, I was very, and in math. So when I was in the end of high school, because in Europe in Portugal, the university, university system is very different. And here you have to declare your major when you apply to college. Mm. And that was mm. between um, computers and psychology. Because the thing in common for me between the two things is like is a challenge is a puzzle to be solved. Mm. Uh, and then I decide for psychology because I think people are a more interesting puzzle
2: mm. more more interesting than like a bunch of uh, zeros and ones, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, but you, see, you say the beauty of uh, that you have complex systems when you we start to speak information technology and computers we are speaking about. A lot of complexity to that is extremely interesting. Uh that I I thought mm, people are they won the battle here. So of my curiosity.
2: <laughs> I love oh, it. God. So so how did you how did you take that degree? Did you did you go into teaching? Did you go into pr- uh, private practice?
0: Uh, so a, a mix of both. So I did the the, uh, the bachelor, I, I really I love learning so I was studying in Portugal in the university at the time and then I had the opportunity during the bachelor to go in a program that in Europe is called the Erasmus program that you can go a semester to one year in another institution in Europe so I went to England to Sunderland in the north of England next to Newcastle Mm -hmm. and I did one year there and then I decided to stay a little bit longer there. And I end up with two degrees, one from England and one from <laughs> Portugal and uh, in psychology. And then from there, I decided to do a master program in Spain in psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I decided to do my PhD. So was everything studying and during the PhD and the master, there is some teaching that we can do. And when I left, uh, I was teaching in a private institution in Portugal, private university in Portugal. And also add my private practice on the side.
3: I feel the need to make a distinction. I went to art school, which is pass, fail. (laughs) That's it. No grades, pass, fail. I just want you to know there's other polarities of education out there as I'm feeling very like, oh, look, Brandon can color in the lines. And then you've got Anna. Who's just like a devourer of information and and, and intelligence. And I'm not feeling small at all, but I felt the need to to mention that. (laughs) Yeah,
0: It's it's different. I I think in the entrepreneurial world, uh, so all of us, I think if there is one thing in common is we love learning somehow. Mm -hmm. Yes. Learning and implementing. And if we speak about PhD in academia, I know that people are, and uh, it's good for trust and credibility. But one thing that I always kid is saying, if you are in front of PhD, do not presume that the person is very clever. Oh, Okay. Huh. Okay. There are very clever PhDs. Uh, they are not so clever PhDs. Mm. One thing that you can make the presupposition of, if you have a PhD in front of you, you have a persistent person in front of you. Oh. because you cannot get through the whole the hoops that you have to jump in the research and the dissertation and the defense of the dissertation if you are not persistent.
2: Mm. Interesting. I've never heard that before, but that, that absolutely resonates with me. So, I mean, I do know a couple of PhDs that are incredibly smart, incredibly intelligent, but their common sense is, ooh, <laughs> not, mm. not there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I, I never really, I never really assigned them the trait of being persistent. But to mm. go through that much schooling, that much work, um, the scrutiny you have to go through to to get your dissertation approved, yeah, persistence. Like, yeah, thank mm. you for sharing that. That that opened up a new door for me for what a PhD is all about.
0: Yeah, you uh, said you have to be really clear about that you want to finish that, that you can get that, uh, that allows you to focus and be persistent. And he, he, you have to color in the lines like you're speaking, <laughs> even when you don't feel like it's, um, it's inter- an interesting journey.
2: Brandon, don't they give you good grades for pe- coloring outside the lines? In yeah. The art, field? art school, like- you learn kind of like there is no lines and you learn that um because that would that would drive me crazy i mean my daughter's you know in the art program and you know like wait wait how do you like i need structure i need to color inside lines like i need but no No, that's that's not what that's not art
3: no that's not grade (laughs) school that's where they try to teach you how to be sheep no it's when you're art school it's (laughs) like i saw some crazy stuff man because you'd have the performing arts kids down the hallway from, I was in the graphic designers because I wanted to have, I didn't want to, you know, live in my mom's basement and work at, you know, a, a, a restaurant. My entire, life. I actually wanted to do something artistic. And so I was like, oh, graphic design. So that's where I started. But, the, but, but the performing arts kids, whoa, man, like they're down the hall and there you'd see people walking in half naked with peanut butter smeared on them and they'd say, <laughs> that's art. Like, okay, <laughs> this is true. This is absolutely true. It happened. Yeah, girl would come in, art is smeared in peanut butter, and that was performance art. And like, okay, I'm not there, but God <laughs> bless you. You more power to you, peanut butter girl.
2: <laughs> oh we, we could dive into the, the differences yeah. between you and Anna. I think Woo! that would be that would be a great psychological experiment. Right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I I'd love to hear, uh, and, and like you're obviously an entrepreneur. That's why we know each other. Um, talk about the transition. How did you move from academia into? Hey, I want to. I want to do something on my own.
0: And isn't uh, again the origin story? And looking back, we always can see the connecting dots that we didn't saw at the time, because I never thought that I had an entrepreneur spirit. But now, when I look back, I was what now we call in the B2B world an entrepreneur. I Mm -hmm, was always uh, taking, how do you say, love initiatives. I was uh, doing curriculum development. I was starting new programs within, bringing speakers, and do organizing stuff. And I was—they uh, love me in the institution where that I work with because of that. Because I was always okay. What is the next project? How are we going to make this happen? What are the resources that we have to gather to make it happen? Who do we have to connect with? Where do we have to go to make it? And um, so. That part was always was a muscle that I strengthened a lot during my academia and uh, as an employee years. And then the entrepreneur really start when I move here to the U.S. That I many ways I had to reinvent myself. And my husband is from an entrepreneur family in real estate. And I learned from them, oh, we don't have to be employee to do these things happen. We can be mm. self-employed. Interesting concept.
3: Mm. I love yeah. that. It's definitely uh, that energy, that environment uh, that keeps Bob and I uh, and keeps us going is the energy around creativity in the entrepreneur space. Um I a question. Oh, so good.
2: Bob. It's 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 kind of interesting. Uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, that I uh, say, every entrepreneur has their own path. Uh, but I've certainly known a lot of people that kind of have started from the entrepreneur. Uh, Melody Benson was a recent guest, a good friend of ours, who who talked about that, where you're you're in a situation, and you you kind of. I don't want to say you kind of feel foreign, but you kind of rise above your situation. It sounds like you did that where it's like you take on leadership roles, you take on creative roles, you almost feel like a director. And then I think that I think there's one common thread. And I I kind of hear this from you is that like, wait a minute, I, I don't need anybody else's permission (laughs) Mm -hmm. like entrepreneurs are people that really don't ask for permission like we're not permission-based people like we're going to take initiative because within us we feel like if we don't do it it's not going to get done Mm -hmm. so I sense that in you too Anna It was like wait a minute I I don't want to I don't want to ask permission I don't need to ask permission like you're just doing the things as if they it's like breathing for you right
0: for me oh because I uh, it was a little bit different but in the same line i like action if there yeah. is a challenge i like to look at the permission i like and and interesting that i think is a cultural thing in portugal we are very good in play between uh in, in the rule book but innovate mm-hmm. at the same time so uh, so it's a very compliance kind of culture but innovative at the same time that is an interesting mix so Hmm. I will make sure that I was not doing something that will get me into trouble. But within the rules of the game, I knew how to play every angle of it and making things happen. And that was something that I think was essential for me there for my professional success there and essential for any entrepreneur. You have to be, uh, you cannot sustain your head. You have to get things done and make things happen.
1: Hmm. Love, I love that.
2: Hey, founders. We know you're enjoying this conversation with Anna. Um, her name is spelled A-N-A-M-E-L-I-K-I-A-N. And you can find information about her at the website with her name, AnnaMalikian.com. Uh, she has a great podcast called The Mindset Zone. Uh, be sure to look that up. And she's writing a book that'll be released in 2023 called The Mindset Zone. Um, Anna has some really insightful nuggets, um, some personal experiences that I think we're all relating to. And I'm sure we could dig in much deeper uh, by tuning into her podcast and looking forward to her upcoming book. Now, back to the show.
1: You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brandon Boyd. And I have a
3: question for you. Um, going back to... Your study and interest in NLP, so I have a great respect for it. I've books on it. I've, I've done a lot of work in that space for myself, going to practitioners and 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 using the modality. Um, at the time you were studying, wasn't NLP kind of I don't want to call it fringe; that's too harsh of a word, but wasn't it kind of an an emerging? Maybe wasn't totally accepted versus traditional psychotherapy. Help me understand that world a little bit, and what what zeroed you into the it was at the Erickson Institute, right? Uh,
0: to clarify, I um, I'm not an NLP practitioner like many. I have many colleagues in the coaching world that they went over certifications and training on that. I know of it. I read some of the books. I study very deeply some of the same sources where they are based off, like Milton Erickson. I even at the time found the first Milton Erickson Institute in Portugal. Mm. Um, And I study other people that they also study, like Virginia Satir. But the the branch of psychology that I was uh, specializing in was a little bit out of the mainstream. I was in family and systemic therapy and things like solution-focused therapy, that focus on the future, more on, on the past, that traditionally is many models of psychotherapy are focused on what went on in your childhood and how that reflects in what is happening today. So the models that I was studying and following were much more proactive and much more future-oriented.
3: Okay. And that was the primary thing that attracted you to, that, to those models?
0: Uh, the, the thing that attracted me to Milton Erickson, so I was, uh, like I said, my dissertation was around pain management okay. and physical pain. So it's not conditions, it's like uh, it could be cancer, pain from cancer, b- b- pain from broken a leg, pain from headaches. So the, how can you use psychological techniques to manage pain? Mm. And when, when you start to dig into what pain is and how we can manage it. Uh, you can uh, you arrive. I remember of reading that you can use hypnosis, for instance, when anesthesia was not very well developed uh, in the um, when England was in colonial India and there was situations that they have to amputate people, mm-hmm. cut a leg out. Uh, one of the ways of doing that when they didn't have anesthesia is through hypnosis. And Mm. then you start to wonder, okay, nobody doubts that cutting a leg is a painful experience. Yeah. So, and if they didn't, have the anesthesia that they have nowadays, and they could make do something as extreme as that with the power of the mind. Hmm. Mm. I want to know more about that. Yeah. Uh, And then you have in modern, uh, I'd say for in dentistry, in the that you can do some dental. Uh, so people that have a phobia to needles and you cannot injet, uh, inject the the, uh, nova, uh, the the anesthesia in the gum, uh, what you do in a situation like that, if somebody needs medical treatment. Uh, so we still use uh, the, the, they learn uh, dentists learning hypnosis, some of them because of that kind of situations. And again, extracting a tooth I think nobody's going to doubt that is a painful experience yeah. <laughs> can we control that with the power of our mind that's mm. what fascinating me and Milton Erickson has a lot of work on it mm. because he was very he, from his own his personal stories absolutely uh in awe-inspiring because he had polio Um, And the doctor, he was like around 18, I'm not sure exactly about his age now, but he was in his late teens and he had polio uh, and the the doctor told his mom, he's not going to be alive tomorrow morning. Mm. And he was so mad with the doctor, so mad. How can you say that to a mother that he said, I don't know how much I'm going to live, but I'm going to see the next sunrise. Yeah. So he asked to be placed in a certain position in the room that he could see the sunrise. And he say, I'm, uh, if he's the last thing that I'm doing, I'm proving him wrong. I'm going to do this. And he saw Maggie live until, I think, 79. So, and the, he recovered movement. He learned how to walk again. And uh, he developed, and then he decided to go to psych, become a doctor himself, become a uh, psychotherapist, psychiatrist, and then he studied psychology. So amazing. Absolutely. But they they were about
2: 60 years off in their uh, their diagnosis, weren't they? Mm. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, so, and if you don't mind me asking, but there's a story that our our producer shared with us that you had a very similar experience um going through some personal health challenges and and using that same technique as you were going through treatment would you would you mind sharing a little bit about that
0: yeah, the, I think you are referring to my cancer battle. That they say is that kind of things that we don't choose. So they say It's yeah. no, it's a club that nobody wants to be part of. And mm. uh, I had my first encounter with cancer in uh, 2016. And uh, I was they say I was exercising. I was eating organic. I was doing everything right, so to speak. And even like that, oh, this happens also to me? Okay, mm-hmm. how is this possible? So was is a very, very big uh, moment in when something um, uh, like that, a diagnostic like that happens and was a very aggress- aggressive form of breast cancer called inflammatory breast cancer that is just one to 5% of all breast cancer. So mm-hmm. I was not aware when uh, it's like... Uh, having an inflammation that you think that is something else. You don't think that is cancer. It's not the typical uh, tumor that you feel and the kind of thing. So that was, uh, takes you for a spin. Yeah. Uh,
2: And,
0: uh, but again, I thank God with advances of medicine, thank God that the doctors say, okay, there is something that we can do. This is serious, but there are a, a treatment plan for this. So that is okay. Action mode. I'm there. A battle to fight. I'm there, so I really my mindset that time was really okay. I'm going to use all my tools. I'm going to fight this all my might, all my determination, all my strength. We can do this, and I did. And I went over the treatments. I use all the tools in my toolbox. I use hypnosis. I use meditation. I use everything that I call positive thinking. Everything. And I came out in the other side and I say, OK, OK, now like okay, one year passed. Good. Two years. Wonderful. I can relax now. I had all my bread yeah. and I, I'm going to do this. I did it. I, And then another diagnosis of cancer. Mm-hmm. And that was like, oh, gosh, maybe there is something here. Uh, that I, I I think I have to go deep here. And in terms of the my mindset, absolutely there was a shift happening there. That uh, I the first time I saw myself fighting against my body, the second time I said no, maybe because you have to be healthy. It's, it's very strange. You have cancer, and at the same time, if you are not healthy enough, you cannot handle the, uh, and strong enough, you cannot handle the treatments. Mm. that are that you have to go over to beat the cancer so the second time around was a lot about seeing my body as my best ally not the enemy not something that i was fighting against with but we were together getting on that uh, fight and that took me to another perspective that is and Honestly, the first time you can rationalize, the second, uh, and it's when it happens again, uh, the, you have to face these existential aspects of, okay, you don't know exactly what the future is going to entail to you. Mm-hmm. So that makes you really focus on what is important that you cannot delay anymore. Because you don't yeah. know, they say yes. You want to fight it. You want to have a future and all of that. But you, at the same time, simultaneously, you have to entertain the idea that okay, you also have to live the moment because this is the only thing that you know that you you have. And that was for me. Um, I was always. I speak a lot of this in my keynote about one of the mindset, my mind, blind spots that I have. Was around the concept of pursuing happiness. Mm-hmm. I always that was my goal that I was proud uh, and uh, of uh, and uh, the thing and even in uh, here in the United States is so much part of the culture pursuing happiness, uh, something in the future that you aspire to. And we have to have that kind of goals and ideals. But if it also can become an, an excuse because we are pursuing of not yeah. in living it. It's always chasing it Mm -hmm. and not being there. And uh, that for me was like a wake-up call. Oh, maybe I'm using the pursuing of a beautiful ideal as the excuse to not be living at the moment and not to be enjoying at the moment. And we do this all the time. When I finish this project, then when I uh, make X amount of income, then... When mm-hmm. I meet the right person, then we we always have this kind of excuses that delays what is important. And the the, the interesting thing about the happiness and positive feelings is that they happen on the now, on the present. It's the power of now that so many people speak about. So, how can you be at, at in the now, and also have the uh, goals and also we have uh, plans in the future but with did now without denying the power and the uh, uh, all that work that you have to do to be in that power mm.
2: beautiful yeah i almost <laughs> have to sit with
3: that for a minute <laughs> yeah um I, I love your references i think it's eckhart tolle the power of now is that the right yeah i just yeah. i remember reading that last year um
0: and think about all the oriental or the same even most religions one way of the other they speak about that too mm-hmm, mainly oriental religions
3: i think and i love what you said about when then i mean i, I the, the when then thinking you know i think it's a sabotage it's it's kind of like the the dark side of goal setting you know i've set, kind of set goals and intentions for years and at the end of your look at the list and like oh i didn't hit most of those and that didn't come true. And what about that? And I began developing a resistance around goal setting. And it's like, well, I'm, 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 I'm outsourcing my happiness to a future date. How can yes. I resolve this? How can I want something and want to manifest something and, and see something happen for myself, but enjoy this very moment that it may not be here at this very moment. Yeah. You know, and, and coming to terms with that dichotomy.
0: And I think for entrepreneurs, this is something that we have to face because, yes, we are goal-driven goal, uh, goal or we meet, uh, even uh, I work with a lot of coaches and consultants, getting clients is so important. And then I saw that in myself and I see this in my clients. We get the clients, yeah, oh, okay, next thing. Mm, uh, we yeah. have a goal. We do the goal. We get it. We work really, really hard. We manage. We publish that book, do something. We we get the the, the uh Amazon status of (laughs) bestseller, whatever it is, and then okay, what is the next project? We don't sometimes we don't stop and enjoy the fruits of our labor.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. I love that. Let me ask you this: You know, how did learning these things help you in your cancer recovery? If you don't mind me asking that, it sounds like you know we've had so many guests on here that have talked about when their lives have been disrupted. And I'm not going to label a situation bad or good. I'm just going to say, when there is a major disruption, um, like you have had, like, like many people have had, and it leads you down this path of discovery and interest and how come and why is that? And what is my body trying to tell me? And what am I learning? It sounds like, you, and you said it earlier, that this pursuit, was it you said pursuit of happiness?
0: Pursuing happiness it's- was a, a mindset blind spot.
3: Right. So tell us, if you can bring us to the other side of the story from the show notes, you, you asked to be sit next to a window when you were going through <laughs> your, 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 you, you wanted to see the beauty of the Phoenix sky. Tell us about the shift for you. This is, this was your second bout and you thought you did everything right. And, and it sounded like you do with, you know, it sound like you did every conceivable thing and still this shows up for you. What next? What happened after that? for you
0: let's start with the idea of a blind spot and the people obviously we can think about like the car a blind spot when we are driving and we look to the rear view mirror and we know we are taught in driving school that there is a point if there is another car there we don't see what is there and now we have little things that help us to see that blind spot but we all of us have blind spots so there is always things that we think that we see, but when we we have more information, oh maybe there is more to take in. And the fun, fun, not so fun when we are living them. Other people see the thing that is our blind spots, but we are not. There is nothing there. Everything, oh. There is nothing. So. Um, and the, the, the point when we suddenly go, there is a, a moment in our lives or sometimes a hard life circumstances that then we see what is in the blind spot, suddenly it's, like, it's that eureka moment. It's that mm-hmm. uh, insight that we go, ooh, interesting. Ah, now I get it all what other people were telling or what was this telling. So we have a more expansive view of, of the things. But we cannot just stay with insight. So uh, insight I like to say insight is not enough for lasting change.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It can is uh, it's important but not enough. And I always say I I love mindset work. I even have my podcast called the Mindset Zone. <laughs> so it's not that uh, I I'm writing a book called the Mindset Zone. So I believe in mindset work. And I will tell you that mindsets are not the be all and all. Mm-hmm. Okay, we, yes, we have. And this is a leverage point of transformation when we change the way that we see the world, the lenses through, we see the world, absolutely. And we have to do more. We have to bring our feelings, our emotions, because that is what keeps our motivation going. We have to go into action mode. We have to change habits, behaviors, all of that. I like Mm -hmm. always, if you think about three dimensions, okay, we have our thinking level, Mindset level, and then feelings and emotional level, and then behaviors, actions, habits. So these three things are important. But because of the, the way that we articulate ideas in the, in, the Eastern soci- in the Western society more than in the East, and, and, but also because of the writing and everything, we have tendency to t- t- see things in a unidirectional way. Mm. Thoughts feelings, behaviors. Uh, So if we change our thoughts, we'll change our feelings. Yes, we'll do. Uh, We'll change our behaviors. Absolutely. But it's not the only way of creating change. Sometimes the best thing that we can do to change something and to change our thoughts is go out for a walk in nature. Go outside without thinking about anything, but just paying attention to the sound of your uh, um, each step that you give and in the lift if in the little um, um feeling the sensations of walking the nature sounds and being that moment that or going to take a shower in that moment then when we stop that obsession in the thinking something magical many times happen mm-hmm. And that, that is the kind with the cancer and with uh, realizing my blind spot around pursuing happiness and the importance of tapping into the power of the moment for me was, okay, what I can do now that brings me something uh, enjoyable or something that can feed and energize me in the chemotherapy that is ours, that you are connected with a drip, uh, uh, I, I was lucky enough to be in this place, great conditions, great, great, the Cancer Center, downtown Phoenix, that has this incredible view of the Arizona desert. And before I was a little bit shy or where to ask to sit. But then I said, why don't I say, I want to be seated in this chair, the one with the best view, if it's available. I'm not taking anybody's place. The, the, the thing is available. I'm going to ask to be seated there. And I did it. And they say, "Okay."
1: Hmm. and
0: uh, I could enjoy more that view. Sometimes we have to give permission to ourselves to be more assertive about the things that are important for us.
3: Hey, everyone, thank you for listening in today on the show. We're really enjoying this interview with Anna. You know, if you are someone who is an author or an aspiring author, or in the process of writing your book, you may wanna take a serious consideration around creating a promotion, a video promotion for your book. It's a great way to create a buzz, to create interest, curiosity about your written book. And if you've got a book in you and maybe you've got more than one or you've already produced them, it's, it's a great way to get that your information, your world-class solution, your mindset, your, your concept in front of people that you can help. People who are curious and want to learn more about you and what you do. So if that sounds something like it'd be interested to you reach out to us at feedstories.com. Let's book a call where we can learn about what you're doing, what type of ideas, what kind of solution you wanna to present to the world. And let's see if a book promotion is the right thing for you. Now back to the show.
1: You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brandon Boyd. I'd love to hear and uh, maybe
2: transition a little bit about the work you do. So you work with coaches and consultants. Um, what, are, what are the things that you help them with? And, and, and what are you sharing from your experiences and your, and your learnings to, to help them?
0: At the end of the day, if there is a unifying thing that I do is tapping into human potential. Uh, But thinking about business, I think there is a quote that I absolutely love that most business problems are personal problems in disguise. (laughs) (laughs) And and I will generalize uh, most problems are making worse by individual and people issues. I'm not saying that these people and the individuals that are causing every problem, no, but they can be aggravated by people without any doubt. And at the same time, most solutions are also in those same individuals and on that same people. Wow. And what I love to do is to help people and groups to really tap in their human potential to find solutions to challenge and to innovate. So, and we can do this in different ways. So there is the inner work, okay? The personal development is like a vertical, is the inner work that we can do that to what we know now in positive psychology, neuropsychology, cognitive behavioral and performance science. A lot of that is there, inner work that we can do to become less reactive and more proactive. And we can untap a huge amount of human potential that way and improve relationships and business and all of that. And at the same time, there are other dimensions. Because if you think about, human beings are essentially connecting beings too. So the power of network, the power of connections, that is another dimension of the humans and of potential that is there that we can tap into. So if we add the inner work with the outer work, there is more potential to be unleashed. And I will argue that if you bring in the ecosystem where we live, the systems that we are part of, that we can understand the dynamics of it, and we enter that into the equation, we can unleash our human potential to the end degree. Mm-hmm. And that is what I like to do.
2: Love it. So can we get a little bit more granular? So how does this manifest where um, I would say, you know, I... Like I hear about you, Anna, and then I would be like, I need to work with you. What what would be what would be physically or uh, emotionally happening that would trigger me to say, I, I need to get a solution to that.
0: If you feel that you believe in uh, uh, learning, you believe in personal development, you believe in high performance, and you feel that, gosh, these things are not working. For me, or sometimes they work, but other times they seems not to be my modus operandi, my MO. Um, so it's like almost the sensation that you feel that your day-to-day, your business, uh, that is on purpose, that is your way of uh, uh, living your uh, mission. But in many ways, some days you feel like that that image that of a big boulder that you are pushing uh, to a hill up the hill, up the hill, lots of effort. You arrive to the with the boulder to the top of the hill. And then suddenly it rolls down. It back rolls back where, over you,
2: it crushes you.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. or just back and you just go, oh, here we have to go again. And you have to go down and push it back. If you feel that draining, if you feel that you are pushing, that things are not in the flow, there is where I can help. Hmm. Because if you have that drive of personal development, if you have that drive, sometimes is just shifting, doing small shiftings in the way that you are doing things and understanding some of the psychological dynamics that are happening that allows that the feeling of high performance is not the exception, but becomes the norm. Wow. And then changes the dynamic totally of your life and your business, I will dare to say
3: is not um, is it fairly true Anna, that there's so much language and out there around for entrepreneurs about grinding and effort and pushing the wheel up the hill? I mean, that's, that is the language person I'm trying to detox from and, and shift away from, but they're, they're, it's still so prevalent is, you know, the grind and the pride and the grind and, and it making it hard and difficult. And, and I'm not saying that there isn't parts of that but as a what i'm hearing is as a norm you're saying that doesn't have to be the the definition of the full experience is that what i'm hearing
0: yes it's the no pain no gain if you don't work <laughs> hard enough you don't deserve success how can you be successful if you don't sweat it off
1: yeah so mm-hmm.
0: all that is also our culture the way that we are raising so it's easier to believe on that, and at the same time, like you are saying, it doesn't mean that we don't have to work hard sometimes and sweat it sometimes. Absolutely, but things also to, can get in a flow. Things also can be easy, and we can enjoy the success of it.
3: To give us a prediction, tell us a little about what you see happening. Which, being you know, neck deep in your space, and 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 doing the coaching and being around entrepreneurs um what's give us a little crystal ball what what's the future hold where is it going where is psychology and coaching going you know it sounds like we are shifting out of this narrative around grind and hustle and make it hard and pain and look how strong i am and tough i am because i can grind out and what's what's the future what's what what do you want to see happen what do you see happening
0: So we have to get used to that it's not, things are not black and white. It's not one or the other. It's not grind or just the ease and flow of manifesting. It's both. And we have to be willing to see the complexity and the nuances go deep on the things. Mm. So I think the future is the people that are more able to embrace the contradiction, embrace the messiness of change, embrace the nuances of the situations are the ones that are going to get success that lasts longer. So, and that is a prediction that is not difficult to do because if you look in the past and in the future, it's something that is there. Something that is more temporal that I think we have to pay attention to is mental health. Uh, I think uh, due to the, the way that the world is uh, happening, from the COVID-19 situation with all the challenges that it creates, to the social media that is bringing a new way of relating with others, and the new way that of that we are wiring our brain habits that we are creating every day that we really don't know the consequences of. Uh, we really have to. Be very aware that his physical health is improv- important, but mentally, we have to take care of ourselves in a very serious way because there is a lot of odds. Uh, a lot of the situations and circumstances are really tough for us mentally. Very toxic, toxic toxicity around us that will affect our. Uh, mental health, if we don't take care of.
2: Well, kind of as you said before, Brandon, it's the the disruptions will and need to cause change. And so, you know, COVID nineteen was a global disruption, and if we don't if if we don't come out of that with a a different approach or a different mindset. Um, we're, we're basically just marching in circles, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, what do we got to pull from that? Mm -hmm. Um, and this has been really timely, uh, Mm -hmm. for, for me personally. Um, and I really enjoyed kind of hearing you explain some things that I know that I wasn't hearing, (laughs) Uh, you know I mean? Like I, I I needed to hear some of those things today. I I really appreciate that. I I think you're going to be. Um, a a useful resource for, for folks. Would you mind sharing how people um, you know, your book's going to be coming out, but um, you know, what's your website, what are the types of services you offer? We'd love to hear a little bit about that.
0: For our amazing podcast listeners, if you are listening this in the, first follow this podcast, that is great. And then immediately after go and search for mindset zone and follow that podcast too. And then about me, the best ways, com. So my first and last name, A-N-A-M-E-L-I-K-I-A-N dot com. And there is always where you can find my latest project or what I'm focusing on.
2: Fantastic. Lovely. Thank you for sharing that.
3: Perfect. Well, and as we as we wrap up, um, there's something we like to do in the show. It's it's called our 60-second rant. And so I've got a question for you. So you, you've come, I've been to Portugal, beautiful, such a beautiful place. And so you you come to Portugal, you're in Phoenix. You're just like, I want to know, what did you like? You got here, like, what are these weird Americans doing? What what are they eating? What are they dressing? Give me something that when you got here, you're like, what's wrong with these people? Give 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 me something maybe you miss from Portugal. There's got to be something.
0: One thing that I miss from Portugal is the walking and uh-huh. uh, in, in most cities in Europe, I live in Portugal, Spain and England and most cities, even a big city, you can walk around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Here in the United States, you can do that in New York without any doubt, even Chicago, yeah. San Francisco, maybe, but in Phoenix, not so much. There are beautiful paths to be walked, beautiful trails in the mountains. Here, absolutely gorgeous, but you have to take the car to do that. Mm. So I miss the, the walking to run your errands, to be on the city, to go in a coffee store and spend the hours just speaking with a friend, with a coffee in front of you and people watching. Mm.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I live in Chicago. I, I can attest there are places, there are neighborhoods in Chicago where that is possible. Now I'm in the suburbs, where you do have to get in your car to do that. I mean, I could walk to a restaurant or a dentist, um, but certainly not like the the cultural smorgasbord that you're talking about. Um, yeah. You get to see that maybe in the movies and on TV, but you actually lived it. So that that that's really cool. I like that. That that's a good that's a good it's brand. A good- I like it. Good rant. I like it. Well, as Anna
0: has to, to have a positive twist.
2: With a positive <laughs> twist because you have the proper mindset. <laughs> well, and again, this go. is this has been a a refreshing conversation, Anna. Thank you for sharing this uh this hour with us. Um, we'll be sure to look up your book and your resources. Thank you for sharing uh, your story and being uh honest and vulnerable with, with us today. We appreciate yes. it.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you for listening to The Innovative Founder with Bob Regnerus and Brandon Boyd. A show featuring the real stories of entrepreneurs, making their beautiful dent in the world. If you like the show, let us know by leaving a rating. If you're an innovative business founder yourself with a story to tell, then you might just be our next guest. Reach out to us on InnovativeFounder.com and tell us your story. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on The Innovative Founder.